In this installment of the AX Insider podcast, Andy Telejohn speaks with Rianne Berger, Senior Principal specializing in airports for Stantec Architecture, a design and consulting firm with more than 400 locations in North America and across six continents. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for the next episode of the AX Insider Podcast. My name is Andy Telejohn. I am the senior writer at Airport Experience News. With us today as we continue exploring the short and long-term effects that COVID-19 might have on airport design going forward is Rian Berger, Senior Principal Specializing in Airports at Stantec Architecture, a design and consulting firm with more than 400 locations in North America and across six continents. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, John. Andrew. Pleasure. I appreciate that. Uh, it, it, you, being that you're uh, working across uh, 400 locations across uh, half a dozen continents, you're probably seeing a lot of uh, what's going on in the industry with uh, dealing with this pandemic situation right now. What can you tell me about what you're seeing in terms of the short-term changes that airports are having to make uh, in order to get people feeling comfortable again and, uh, and getting back on airplanes? Um, yeah, that, I, I would say that that, you know, the, getting people comfortable with the airport again is, is probably the major challenge that airports are facing. Of course, uh, there's the downturn in, in traffic and the uh, loss of revenue that goes with that. The fact that many retail stores have had to close down just because there are no people in the terminals. So it's it's been a, a I would say, sort of a two-pronged response from airports is how to get the airport healthy and, you know, looking healthy to people, feeling safe. Um, all the initiatives that airports are looking at, you know, there's deep cleaning and um, screening, uh, you know, thermal screening, uh, you know, upgrading uh, ticket counters and things like that with screens. There, there are many of these things have been published and then, um, you know, uh, the, on the other hand is how do you attract people back and, and make them feel safe about traveling? And the, the airlines have, have spoken a lot about how safe their ventilation systems are. And, uh, you know, the fact that they have HIPAA filters in the aircraft. Um, so, they, you know, there, there are a lot of these um, simple things that are being done, um, you know, the, the PPE vending machines, uh, markers on the floors. I think a lot of has been written and, and spoken about these these kind of things, and they're the sort of the, the I would say the minimum requirements that most airports have had to do. Um, at this stage, it's still easy to do a lot of these things because there aren't many passengers. But uh, you know the challenges will will come back when there are more people to deal with and and how to deal with that. Well, and that's, uh, that's one thing I'm kind of uh, curious to hear uh, a little more about because uh, when you start uh, getting into, you know, uh, changing up the design of a terminal, uh, you've got, mm. you've got a balance between short-term and long-term and, and costs and, and all of that. And so, uh, you know, as the folks do come back, and you're dealing with uh, social distancing and and things like that, potentially uh, 
a little bit more uh, intense security uh, screenings with you know health related uh, checks as well as safety. Uh, what's this going to look like long term? How how do you deal with the fact that you've uh, in a lot of cases got some older airport uh, infrastructure in place there and uh, probably a little less flexible uh, to, to work with. What's this going to look like uh, when passengers do come back and a little longer term down the road? Well, I, I think, um, you know, the important thing for, for airports is that uh, they shouldn't just look healthy, but they should be healthy. So I see a, a lot of uh, importance being placed in the future on things like the well standard, for instance. Um, very few airports um, are even considering it, but it is, it's a really good standard that, that addresses uh, things like air quality, ventilation rates, uh, humidity levels, um, cleaning surfaces, uh, you know, all, all these things that relate to the health of people. I think suddenly this has become a really important criterion and, you know, in many airports pursued lead in the past. Um, I think now we really need to focus more on things like well and and also developing the well standard to to include uh, airports um i you know, i was just uh, speaking to one uh, vp of our local airport here in toronto and they're busy uh you know adding ultraviolet irradiation units into their air handlers they're um adding uv irradiation units onto the uh, the handrails they're moving walks and escalators so that as these rubber rails come around they get sanitized um i know that the um the the canada uh, Air transportation security administration is looking at is investigating how you can you know irradiate the baggage trays with ultraviolet uh, so I'll, I think we'll see a lot of that kind of thing becoming a new standard where people expect things like baggage lines. You can, you can irradiate the, the bags. So basically, you're, you're going to be expecting that the place has been cleaned thoroughly, that uh, the bags, as they go through, they, they get sanitized. And when they come out, you, there's no cross-contamination. I think in the future, airports are going to become some of the healthiest places to be. And, uh, and I think the, you know, the, the airline industry will probably pick up on that as well, because of course it's a big chain, right? So, um, you know, I think that will be one of the, the good outcomes of this, uh, airports will, you know, as one person said recently, uh, you know, your, your building manager is more important to your health than your doctor in these times, because it all depends on ventilation rates and, you know, air quality and uh, uh, humidity and things like that. Okay, so you're talking about uh, some, some fairly significant changes that could happen at airports that really don't, from what I'm understanding, you're saying uh, don't involve moving walls or, or uh, you know, changing a lot of physical space. You can do this uh, uh, with, what's, uh, with what's already, uh, already existing at airports. Yeah, the, you know, the, the, this whole physical distancing thing is a really difficult concept to grapple with in airports. Um, I, I did a quick calcium calculation the other day. I mean, typically in the past for a, a hold room, we would use uh, something, uh, you know, we'd use 10 to 15 square foot per passenger. If you draw a six foot radius around everybody, um, 
you're talking about 50 square foot per passenger. Uh, you know, and you calculate that out into a hold room, you're going to need a, hold, uh, a pier that is two to three times the size of the one you've got today. It, it, the numbers just don't make sense. I, I don't see how airports can do that. I, I, I would admit that if we're designing a new one, new terminal and a new concourse, yes, we're probably going to encourage the airport to, to use, you know, more generous standards and make it more spacious. So, you know, we probably will see larger terminals in the future. But for the existing terminals, I think there's a lot to be done. You know, the, to me, the city of Hong Kong is such an example, um, you know, despite their political problems. They have something like seven fatalities until recently from COVID in a city of, uh, you know, what, seven million people or whatever it is. Uh, and that's just because they're careful. People live close together. They, you know, their social distancing is not always that possible in that situation, but they wear their masks and they wash their hands and they do all the things that you need to do to, to keep things safe. And I think, if, you know, as we learn to live with, with these conditions and, and uh, set up our facilities more carefully and, you know, make sure everything is clean and sanitized, uh, you know, those disgusting bins that we put our baggage in at security, they will now, in future, they will be clean and they won't be disgusting anymore, right? So, uh, yeah, this is what I think. I like the idea of a, a larger hold room. I don't know, you can say there that, that uh, you design a bit with 10 to 15 square feet in mind. I've, uh, I've uh, been in a lot of airports where it feels like I'm lucky if I don't have somebody just uh, sitting in my lap yeah exactly when I'm, when I'm in the hold room there so that's uh something i'm uh, i'm looking forward to seeing more of do you do you uh do you think that this uh, might be the uh, the beginning of a time when we do see more n new terminals new concourses as opposed to rebuilds i mean is this going to start pushing uh, uh particularly in the u.s where a lot of the infrastructure is mm. fairly aged yeah. uh, will we start to see some uh, newer terminals come out of this well, there is a lot of reconstruction going on uh, in the U.S. It, it seems to me that you know every other airport is is developing something new these these days, and and we see a growing trend towards uh, privatization, um, like LaGuardia, um, so uh, which which is setting a very high bar, I think, for other airports to to uh, emulate. Um, so. You know, hopefully we do see more of that. Uh, there have been, but you know, when you do a, a a a reconstruction, you know, maybe we'll see more of a a gut and redo than just you know window dressing, because then then you you basically be going and stripping everything out, and then you can redo the the HVAC. Uh, you can do it to modern standards. You can get the air handlers to be what they need to be. You can put in modern lighting. You can get circadian rhythms going in the lighting, and just create a much more pleasant, more, uh, more healthy uh, space for people to be in, something with, with good air uh, exchanges. Um, I think we will probably see a trend away from carpeting. Um, you know, airports like Changi and Vancouver have been really big on carpeting. Even uh, you know, some of the West Coast airports, uh, Portland. Um, so I, you know, we might, probably see more hard surfaces, I think, that are easily cleanable. Uh, this We'll see changes in the upholstery of furniture, once again, to something that is really easy to clean. 
so, you know, maybe things will get a little bit harder, but that doesn't have to be bad. You know, it all depends on, on the quality of the design that goes into it. You know, uh, it could also be a wooden surface, which is much more pleasant to look at or touch than maybe, you know, something that's cold and pushes you off. Okay. Uh, we just touched briefly at the at the you know beginning on. Uh, by the way, we're uh, we're here today with uh, Rian Berger, senior principal uh, specializing at airports at Stantec Architecture, and uh, it, the security experience is something that uh, I'm you know hearing and reading a little bit more about with the and some of that uh, revolves around uh, these health checks that may be coming along in addition to. Mm -hmm. uh, the traditional, you know, safety checks that uh, have uh, been done going back forever. Uh, do you see that area changing at all, having to get bigger at all to accommodate this? And depending on your answer to that, what impact would that have? Do you see on uh, your your retail and food and service uh, uh, concessions uh, once you get beyond security? Yeah, so, I, you know, in the short term, I, I would see that uh, the security screening equipment gets upgraded. Um, we will see people replacing their, their x-ray machines with CT scanners, uh, which allow the, uh, the screeners to be remote, first of all, and, um, uh, you know, it, it removes the need for you to unpack everything because... Uh, with a CT image, you can basically rotate it and cut slices through it and, you know, uh, you can unpack it virtually rather than having to do it physically. So there's a lot more, less touching of things and uh, a lot less time. It, it, it goes faster as well. And then with remote screening, you, you know, the screeners are, safe, are safer and uh, you can, uh, the, the process can be faster because you can have as many people as you need and you can move images between uh, screeners uh, virtually. So uh, I, I think we will see more e-gates where you're basically just going to scan uh, either a boarding card or hopefully in future, I'm just going to hold my cell phone there um, and there's going to be facial recognition. It's going to know who I am. Are they going to know whether I'm supposed to fly today? So I think we'll see a lot more of that kind of technology finding its way in there and making it more of a free-flowing experience than something that is so staid and, and stops uh, at every point. I mean, that, that certainly is the challenge for the aviation industry as a whole, is to just reinvent this whole process from, you know, from when I book my ticket to when I arrive at my hotel, rethinking that entire process and making it touchless and seamless. Uh, all that technology already exists. It just needs, you know, a lot of parties to come together and talk to one another and agree uh, you know, to share data, uh, which is the, the big challenge. Um, th that kind of thing. I think, you know, it, it just takes people to get together, I think. And, and uh, you know, th the good thing about a crisis like this is it tends to bring, to force people to talk to one another and communicate. I was just, uh, I was just thinking that uh, what you're describing sounds like a lot more pleasant experience. And I was wondering if there's any other uh, efficiencies that you might see coming out of, I mean, what everybody agrees is a, is a, is a pretty uh, 
terrible time at airports right now, but uh, are there any other ways that you see where uh, airports might be able to come out of this uh, maybe better than they, uh, better off than they were or more efficient than they were going into it? I think, you know, all the, despite the, you know, the heart ache that it causes uh, airport operators uh, in, you know, the loss of, of, of revenue and, and passengers and all of that, it's forcing them to do the right things that is going to transform the industry. Um, you know, I'm, for the first time, I'm hopeful to see a seamless, touchless process uh, in travel, which, you know, people have been talking about it for a long time, but, you know, there's always been money involved and, you know, people needed to get together and all these impediments and, you know, the standards weren't uh, coordinated between countries. Uh, so, you know, we should use the crisis to, to move these things along. Um, and I think the, the, the experience can become much more pleasant. The, the other aspect is that airports are going to become healthier. They're going to, as buildings, they're going to become healthy buildings. And uh, aircraft are going to become healthier. Uh, you know. So I think you know, we can look forward to a, a future where, where uh, you're not going to get sick when you go, get on a plane anymore or when you go traveling. It's, you know, it's, it's going to be better because uh, this crisis has forced everyone's hand. Right? And all it took was a, a worldwide uh, pandemic that wiped out 90% of uh, the traffic for a few months. Exactly. Uh, well, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, in, it, hopefully some of these changes uh, going down the line can happen in, uh, under uh, a little less uh, stressful circumstances for everyone. But uh, uh, it, does, uh, it does sound like there's uh, uh, potential for, uh, for getting better out of this uh, in the long run. Uh, Rian Berger, uh, Senior Principal with Stantec, uh, you wrote uh, a recent article, uh, I believe it was published on your website, uh, mm. talking about uh, uh, or suggesting that uh, airports could uh, uh, think or should think about maybe diversifying some of their uh, uh, activities to, you know, to, you know, increase some revenue streams and maybe not hit, maybe not be hit as hard <laughs> Uh, by something like this uh, if uh, and or when it happens again. What can you tell me about that? And what is that, uh, you know, what would that look like to you uh, uh, if an airport was to do that? What's uh, your ideal uh, situation for the business side of an airport uh, under the circumstances you were writing about? Yes, well, it's, it's, a, it's a complex subject and I'll be the first to admit that it's going to be different for every airport. So, uh, you know, it, the, the article is really a, a bunch of sort of provocative ideas and thoughts um, to, to encourage people to think a little bit out of the box and beyond just what, what is happening because we, we have a single product line, which is flying, uh, that has crashed. But as a business, we have nothing else to fall back on. Uh, whereas uh, there are, you know, in the smaller airports that are providing more essential services to smaller communities were not hit as hard because they're still providing essential services. They're still providing access, cargo, that kind of thing. So in a sense, those smaller airports were more diversified, but the larger airports are so specialized in just passenger traffic. And, uh, you know, the, the world is changing around us and the, 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 
the range of options to, for travel in the future will increase. There, there are disruptive forces uh, at work within the aviation industry or the transportation industry, maybe. Uh, you know, there's uh, high-speed rail. High-speed rail outperforms airlines for trips under three and a half hours where they compete head on head. So, uh, and high-speed rail is something that is, you know, becoming more and more popular. There are things like hyperloops and, you know, and then we've got the whole sort of uh, unmanned uh, uh, autonomous uh, era, you know, uh, I forget the word, UAM uh, movement, uh, where you get these little drone-like vehicles that, that'll take you where you need to go uh, within a city context. So there's, there are all these uh, new developments that are coming in that will sort of take the, the, the you know, if you look at a, a hub and spoke concept for, a, for an airline, a lot of those spokes might be taken over by alternative forms of transportation in the long run. So driving airports more into the long, long distance uh, uh, side of things. And so I, you know, and then the article really is about challenging airports to ask themselves, what, air, what business are we really in? Are we in the aviation business or are we in the business of connecting people and places and things with one another? Um, and I think it is the latter. I think, airports need to realize that you know the the it's not just about flying it's about allowing people to to connect to one another and allowing places to connect with one another and what are all the things that we can get involved in that will support that and create an ecosystem around the airport uh, that that maybe can uh, counterbalance just the the flying aspect of it it could be whether it's you know the rail uh, infrastructure or cargo, you know, maybe airports need to be bigger players in the cargo industry and the forwarding business. Um, what about ports? Um, and, and then, you know, there's, there's this beautiful development in, in Cape Town in South Africa where the, the, the railway company of South Africa uh, privatized this land inside an active deep sea port. And the development that sprung up there, the, the Victorian Alpha Waterfront development, is one of the most vibrant, you know, people attracting places in the world uh, inside this working harbor. You know, the, the, the fishing vessels are lying right there and the, the, the tankers are coming by. And, um, and you think of the, the potential of an airport as a place that attracts millions of people. And, you know, with, with, with aircrafts getting cleaner and quieter, in the long run, maybe those environmental concerns will diminish. And we can, you know, we can bring some of those things like right into the airport or onto the airport land and at least around the airport. And, uh, you know, capitalize on the fact that you've just got millions of people. And what do people need? And what do they need to support those journeys that, that is bringing them to that place. They're, they're coming there because they need to get from A to B for their own reasons. But what are the things they really need when they're doing that? Do they, they want to eat and they want to have entertainment, place to stay, and uh, maybe they want to do business. Um, yeah, I, th I think, you know, it's, it's a long and involved uh, story. Um, I've, 
I've just submitted a, a, a more sort of a deeper analysis of it to, a, to the Journal of Airport Management, but um, uh, we, um, it's, it's a subject I'd like to dig into a, a lot more. It's just a bunch of random thoughts about it, really. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Well, I mean, I suppose uh, airports uh, already know how to get folks from uh, point A to point B. It's not uh, that big of a stretch to see them doing it on ports mm. or on trains, uh, just as yeah. uh, just as uh, uh, as much as on airplanes, and with uh, additional revenue streams uh, attached. That makes some sense. Is that something that you could see? Um, uh, taking place in the uh, with the infrastructure that's uh, already existing, or is there some balancing that would would, would that sort of uh, be another thing forcing the the hand and and you know, I mean, there's not a lot of space uh, to build in a lot of these places. Would you need to start exactly. doing some uh, some new builds and builds from scratch uh, uh, in this situation as well? You know, if, if the one thing I've never seen, I, I, okay, so a good example is, is Schiphol Airport, where they have this massive landside shopping center, basically. And people from the community come there uh, because that's their place, it's where they go. So, you know, I think there's that, that aspect. Uh, airports have slowly, as they've grown and the cities have aged, the cities have been, you know, grown around them and, I think they should draw this, those cities in and, uh, you know, in, enrich that environment so that it isn't so specialized, that it is more loose fit and multi-purpose. Something that really interested me was seeing uh, recently that uh, the Vantage Airport Group um, won a, a concession, a P3 concession, along with the, some partners uh, to manage the uh, a, a large station in Philadelphia, a, a railway station. Now, this is the first time I hear of a, a, a global airport, you know, operator um, getting into the railway business. Mm -hmm. But you think about it and you think, you know, it's the same. You, it's about people getting from A to B. The, all the skills, all the experience that those people have got is transferable to that. So, um, you know, my hope is that, that we, would, um, we would start looking, uh, you know, wider at, at these things and, um, you know, enriching. And, you know, I, I guess, you know, I know that a lot of the people who are listening are, are in the retail business. And I think, you know, if, if what we're dealing with here is, is, a, is a loss of, of basically footfall, you know, catastrophic loss of footfall. And then in future, you know, and a, and a commensurate swing to online purchasing. Uh, you know, the, the, the line shops are the, one that, the ones that have been suffering. And so, you know, you think, how do you get people back into shopping again? And uh, I think the, the key is experience. You know, you can't just be selling widgets. You need to be selling experience. There needs to be a compelling you need to be adding value to that person's life more than just the little thing you give you selling them for x dollars and so i think that i will i think we will see a swing much more towards experience design and and airports becoming destinations that in themselves attract people um yeah okay 
Okay. Sounds, uh, sound, well, I mean, it, uh, it may sound a little out there right now, but if you look back 15, 20 years, who would have thought that uh, you'd see what we see today? So, I mean, that's right. uh, certainly, uh, uh, it could be. Uh, certainly seems like uh, uh, high-speed rail and all of that is uh, is going to become a real uh, a real thing in the in the uh, upcoming years and and all of that. So I can see why it would make sense for uh, airports to uh, uh, at least look at uh, becoming a part of that, uh, at, you know, as part of their offerings as well. Uh, Rian Berger, senior principal, uh, Stantec Architecture. Thank you for taking some time today. You've answered the questions I came with. Is there anything that you'd like to add that we haven't hit on? No, I think, I think that was it. It was good. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you. the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Thank discussion. you for Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. And let's, uh, let's keep in touch. Okay. Thank you.